0: And welcome to episode nine of NashyCast. I am Rod Barnett. I'm Troy Gwynn. And we are your erstwhile co-hosts here for yet another installment of Nashi Love. This is the October episode. Although yeah. maybe we're maybe we should leave that out. It's kind of dating it. I don't know. But
1: yeah. But who will forget the October that they first heard NashyCast nine? <laughs> <laughs> It'll be all new. That's It'll right. be fresh. But uh, happy Halloween, everybody.
0: Yeah. Really. Happy Halloween. If you don't hear from us again before Halloween, happy Halloween! Mm-hmm. This time out, we've got a very different episode. Uh, we're going to deviate from our normal way of doing things just a little bit here because we have a film that is fairly hard to come by. Mm-hmm. This month, we're doing *Howl of the Devil*, which uh, you can either say came out in eighty. It was it was filmed in nineteen eighty seven, a kind of released. Mm, in 1988 mm-hmm. or maybe just a few years later yeah that's yeah, how you look at released it
1: released as being, in a, <laughs> being a relative term there being a. It was the, what's,
0: what's the old joke the film wasn't released it escaped
1: yeah exactly it uh, was
0: actually kind of trapped in a cage and not allowed to escape I don't right. know but uh, this is Howl the Devil.
1: It's kind of our first, uh, I guess our first foray into 80s, Nashies, Nashie's 80s output.
0: This this is our first, yeah, you're right. This is mm-hmm. our first 80s, Nashie film. Mm-hmm. Uh, we plan to do uh, several more of them. There are mm-hmm. some really good and juicy ones in mm-hmm. the 80s. And uh, we wanted to start with this one because it is October and it is a bit of a Monster Mash film.
1: Right. Um, many master are worn, many disguises are worn in this film. <laughs>
0: Yes, he gets to play, uh, Nashi gets to play a number of his favorite characters from the Universal Horror Films and Hammer Films and, and uh, even things that weren't in either of those. That's right. The reason that we're doing this in a, in, a, in a different format, we want to do this one as a spoiler-free or at least a fairly spoiler-free discussion. Because it is a hard film to get your hands on. There's almost no good way to see this film other than, sadly, to go through the bootlegging or downloading route. There's mm-hmm. yeah. there's not a DVD release of this. There's never been an official release of it whatsoever. And um, that may eventually happen one day. That may change. Mm-hmm. But we don't know if or when that will be. So... We don't want to do a discussion of this film where we take it completely apart discuss it but point by point scene by scene like we normally do because we'd rather kind of use this as a way to encourage people to try to find it because it's worth your time if you're a Nashi fan mm-hmm. it's a yes, movie it that you ought to see yes so this will be a fairly spoiler free thing more of a tease than a dissection mm-hmm. probably the best way to put it
1: yeah you tease <laughs> <laughs> i'm a
0: tease <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, the, I'm the least teasing thing you've ever seen. Because this will be not your average Nashy cast, we've decided to throw in a little extra bonus. What we've managed to do is, because this won't be a point-by-point dissection of the film, what we've done is we've managed to get an interview, a, a kind of third perspective on the film, from someone who actually participated in the making of the film. That's right. We have an interview this time out, a short a short little interview with... Sergio Molina, uh, that would be Paul Nashi's son. Yes, who actually plays a character in *Howl of the Devil*. He plays the young boy Adrian.
1: I think his name is Serge Mills. Bill build is Serge Mills. In, Serge uh,
0: Mills or Sergio Mills? Sergio, I can't
1: Serge, Sergio Mills. But in, uh, in in the credits, he's yeah, yeah,
0: he's Sergio or Serge Mills. That's mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is Sergio Molina acting in his acting in his father's film. We got a chance to speak to him recently. He's a a really nice guy. I'm very
1: excited about this interview.
0: And uh, we'll be uh, be putting that here in the podcast, and you can hear uh, him answer a few questions about the making of the film and what it was like for him and a few things about his father's uh, career and legacy. Also, another deviation from the norm. Since we are going to be doing a kind of non- spoiler version of the, the nashe cast we're actually going to let paul nashe's own words describe the film to you yes before we get to our discussion of the movie and before we get to our uh interview with sergio uh we're going to actually read directly from memoirs of a wolfman paul nashe's own description of the plot slash story of the film as i say this is not your average nashe cast <laughs> this one's a different one <laughs> Straight from Paul Nashe's book, Memoirs of a Wolfman. The screenplay for Howl the Devil, which was pretty far out, told the story of a failed actor called Hector Doriani, who lives in an isolated chalet in the Sierra near Madrid. The sinister house is also inhabited by his nephew, whom he treats in a cruel and authoritarian fashion, and his brooding manservant, a one-time mortuary attendant and devil worshiper. This servant wears a black glove to hide the scars caused when some students poured sulfuric acid over him after finding out he'd been practicing necrophilia with the corpses of a dead woman. Carmen, played by Carolyn Monroe, is a stunningly beautiful woman from the nearby village who comes to work at the house. For a long time, she'd been the mistress of the village priest, but she's ambitious and knows she has Hector in the palm of her hand. The Dorianis are an old and distinguished family rolling in money. Hector had a brother, Alex, who was also an actor, who had committed suicide a few years before. Alex, in his film career, had been a kind of Lon Chaney Sr., a great star of horror films. On his death, Hector had become sole beneficiary of his will and legal guardian of Adrian, Alex's son. The sadistic Hector, bitter with envy, torments his unfortunate nephew by telling him that his father could only act when hidden behind a mask and had wasted his life churning out cheap horror movies. On the other hand, he, Hector, had played in works by Pirandello, Shakespeare, and other great playwrights. But Hector tries to blot out his own true failure as an actor by playing out sadistic sexual episodes with women he picks up on the road. While he's in costume and made up as Rasputin, Fu Manchu, or Bluebeard, someone spies on his perversions through the eyes of a portrait of Gilderoy. Meanwhile, Adrian has created a fantasy wonderland inhabited by the cherished monsters his father used to play on film. Quasimodo, the Frankenstein monster, Mr. Hyde, the Phantom of the Opera, and even Valdemar Daninsky, the Wolfman. Mysteriously, every one of the wo- women who come to the house and agrees to take part in Hector's sato-erotic games is brutally murdered. Carmen, seduced by the power and wealth of her employer, gives in to his advances and so becomes his lover. This provokes the priest in the nearby town to a jealous frenzy and he vows revenge. The film's climax is claustrophobic, unwholesome, and sinister. Inside the cursed house, time seems to have stood still. That's as good a summing up of the film as I think you're going to run across.
1: Yeah. So now, before we get to our discussion of the film, we're going to let you hear our interview with Sergio Molina, who plays the boy, uh, Adrian. Uh, and, and as you had said at one point, we were talking about this. Oh. You pointed out that he actually plays his father's son and nephew in this. <laughs> in this it's film, true. In a weird in a strange way. Because
0: a, uh, because if we didn't mention it, uh, yeah. Nashi plays both Hector mm-hmm. and the dead father of Adrian Alex. He right. plays both right. both men.
1: Right. So without further ado, here is our interview with uh, the son of Paul Naschy, Sergio Molina.
2: Um you told me did you have a wish to follow your father's footsteps on acting movies? Uh right. Yeah, that's, that's the first, the, that's the first yes. one. Uh, did, did you did you have a
0: wish to to follow in your father's footsteps into the film?
2: Yeah, um, well, not, not like an actor, you know. Um when I when I can uh, this, this was very for me my father of the the writer and uh, when we we staying home he usually asked me when I was a child if i would like to 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 participate in in, in the movies uh, and for me it was um was um was applied you know uh, uh, and i it was very funny for me mm. but when i grew up um it's different um i think that, that the actor is a very very special um uh well i'll i, I prefer to make the, the production uh, the line production of the of the movies and um, uh well I, i'm a liar i i mm-hmm. i started <laughs> liar and after i i began to to work in productions but uh, but not like an actor you know Right. It's different. My father was the artist, and I'm—I I prefer to be the budget and this kind of thing.
0: Mm-hmm. I can understand. I—I I, I myself would feel uh, a bit of stage fright being in front of the cameras. Even if—even if my dad were the person standing there coaching me, I think I'd probably feel panic yeah. no matter what. But um, yeah, it's different.
2: It's different.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, how was—how uh, was the movie? How was How the Devil* explained to you by your father before you started filming?
2: How, how he explain me right you, you answer yes yes how, well um well for for Fall of the devil um he he told me that if if i could like to um, to make a role um who called Adrian, that he he write, uh, because i say yes i would like to to participate because he's in to make the role because he's in was in shooting in in holidays you know mm-hmm. okay. uh, at, in, I, I think that it was uh, in July in nineteen in nineteen eighty seven and um, uh, well my father um, made the movie uh, in the in the familiar house in in the mountains uh, who called it Lothoya, and and well he, he told me would you like to to make the role and i say yes and and uh, He told me, "Well, you you will be the the the, the bad man." And yeah, I said, oh, <laughs> oh my God, this is the time, um, the first time I I I will do a a, a bad drone, you know." And was a, was a, a very exciting uh, experience for me, you know. Was incredible.
1: Great. Okay, question three.
0: Uh, What were your impressions of the other actors? You had a lot of scenes with Carol Monroe and Howard Vernon. What were they like?
2: Well, uh, was impressive. It's a very, very professional, both of them. And um, Caroline was um, uh, incredible with me. uh, She's a lovely and and, well. When I when I made the movie, uh, I've been there for a. Seven weeks, and um, all the weekends uh, I, I pass all the time with Caroline in the hotel. Uh, he he spent the, the 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 weekend, and I usually going to to ride horses and um, and uh, and going to the swimming pool of the of the of the hotel and all the all the crew of the. Of the movie uh, are very, uh, you know, say what what, uh, what what this is with Caroline. What um luck they have it, you know. <laughs> and uh, well, it was uh, lovely with uh, with Caroline and Howard. Uh, was a very well, see, he he was very old at mm. this time, but uh, but very very warm and, and very kind people. It's incredible and a really good actors.
0: Did you were you able to remain in touch with uh, either of them after the film was completed?
2: Well, with uh, obviously with um, with Howard uh, this time because he died. Mm-hmm. But time yes, I I usually contact with the, uh, with, her, with her and um, uh, for example for the the last uh, the the documentary we did for the the man who saw Frankenstein cry um You're right she she was i i i called her and she was and she was, uh, and she was um, very very um, uh, she she was very she was to participate in there and um, in my house uh, every every christmas we received, we we receive a car from uh from Caroline. And we we show her in in, um, in two or three conventions in in I think in New Jersey and uh, possible in in Washington with my father and and she she's lovely. Nice.
0: Um, I've read that the film was recorded in English at first, but this was abandoned during filming. Is that true? Several of the actors do appear to be speaking their lines in English a lot of the time.
2: Yes. Uh, well, um, this is a very special thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the film was uh, shot in English. Um, the, the problem is that my father <laughs> is I think people is the only person who doesn't speak English in mm-hmm. the in the um, in the movie mm-hmm. because he doesn't have time to to learn uh, to, uh, to to learn in uh, the, the lines, you know. Uh, because uh, uh, he stay directing the movie, he he must to he have a, a lot of and he don't have time to to learn um, English. He uh, he he must to, to to speak in Spanish, you know. Mm, um, okay. And normally I I must to do, I, I don't know how it's in English, but uh, whisper, mm-hmm. could to be mm-hmm. right. Uh, I I must to. Yeah, I must to whisper him the the lines. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, the the sound is not direct sound. You know, it's a recording sound. Right. And you can do this, this kind of things today in Spain. Yeah, in Spain you can do. I think that in USA is too. Uh, you can do it. The sound is direct. You know. But at these times, uh, the the sound is uh, by one by by one side, and the image is uh, the the rest of, of the cast. Uh, um, I I think that they have to to speak in English. Me me too. Okay
0: okay. Um, did your father think of this film as a kind of greatest hits
2: of his career? No. Uh, um, uh, because he has a lot of problems uh, for my father uh, um he, he had two kind two kind of films um and i I, I, I agree with him uh, because um the, the most successful film of the of the my fa- of my father's career is um, um werewolf versus the vampire woman,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and um, he, he has a, a very high quality film. Uh, the traveler el caminante yes or uh, um, um, the French gardener el huerto del francés. Mm-hmm. and uh, The Night of the Werewolves, uh, for, for example, you know. But yes. this, he never uh, come like um success, successful in his career, you know. It um, was a good film, um, and big one, finally a very similar uh, but it's not a, a success, like a successful, you know.
0: The scene in which your father speaks about how his brother's career was viewed as a waste of time, in other words, he's kind of talking about a view of his own career, is very powerful, and it's one of the best bits of acting I've ever seen Nashi done up to that time. Um, were you conscious then of his anger at the critical treatment that he'd received, that his movies had received?
2: Yes, of course. Um, my father's life uh, was very marked by um, by the by the critics, you know, and um, and the, and the bad relationship he had with them overall in Spain. Um, well. For for we we usually say in Spain that uh, you are not um is um I don't know how it's in English but, um, uh you are not mestias um, um, in your in your country you know mm-hmm. it's like it's a Spanish um, uh, my father um, was a running you know like like a samurai running uh, mm-hmm. in Spain
0: mm-hmm. yeah.
2: He usually don't uh, don't be um. It's like um. He he usually fight um, with the establishment or of, of the cinema, right. Because he wants to make a a, a movie that he feels, he feels it, you know. And um, he, he he know that uh, that the establishment uh, don't like these kind of movies. You know, don't like the fantasy and horror movies in mm. Spain.
1: Right. Um, the uh, few yes. kind of magical moments in the film occur when Adrian, you, uh, is visited by the classic monsters. Had you seen many classic horror films and were you a fan of the classic monsters?
2: Yes, yes, I saw. Uh, my father usually uh, wants to, 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 to put movies in, in my home mm-hmm. um, uh, of um, the classics uh, from the Universal Pictures or Hammer. I saw uh, in, in, in Spanish is the humano is the first movie of uh, Henry Hull, mm-hmm. you know. I was the We saw of um, uh, Lon Chaney, uh, uh, Jr. We saw uh, uh, um, the Phantom of the Opera. Well, yes, I, I, I was a very a, a really fan of.
1: It. Good. That's great. Uh, how long after filming was it before you were allowed to see the entire film?
2: Um, uh, like you know then... of. Um, I'm sorry. A, a, a cross accident, and uh, finally we, we can't see the movie in the in the theaters. Oh.
1: Uh,
2: he, he can't uh, the, the Spanish distribution, you know, mm-hmm. an accident. Um never uh i i think that they saw the
1: movie
2: like uh, eight, uh, eight years after in a, um in a spanish
0: uh, t v right uh, yeah. in, in spanish. uh after your father's memoirs were published yeah. and after his yes. and after his films received uh, kind of some quality d v d treatment it seems that his number of fans increased and his films were given even more attention and respect. Do you feel that he had some satisfaction in his final years and had a better understanding of the esteem that many genre fans have for his work?
2: Uh, yes, of course. Uh, he, he had, um, well, at, at the end of uh, of, his, of his days, he usually said that um, he was proud because the uh, people um, uh, usually tell him that he uh, uh, likes a lot of uh, the movies and. Um, he had a, a, a big boom in Spain, you know, and and, and, and in other countries um, with the with the movies and the and the um, and the publications, the, the the books and all this all this kind of things, you know. The, finally, this um, with the people of the sci-fi war in Spain, right. uh, they make a they make a big um, a big biography. Uh, uh, and uh, um very very impressive i don't know if you saw it but uh but it's it's incredible And um, all the all the young people um um wanted to, to meet him and, and wanted to to, to send uh, letters and all these things things and finally he 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 thought that uh, um, he was very proud and um very uh, i feel people you know Yes. Um, yes, it's definitely
1: good. Good.
0: Um, what are the chances that How the Devil will ever get some kind of DVD or video release of some type?
2: Well, uh, it's difficult because, uh, well, I, I, I have, uh, I, I was uh, a partner um, of the of the last movies we released in Spain um, mm-hmm. with uh, Bella Vision was the 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 label um uh, traveler um the movie revenge this all these uh, movies we make here but the the people who have the rights of uh, House of the devil um usually pay a lot of money to make uh, to to give the rights you know um and it's very difficult because the the spanish market is very small um uh, and, and to make to make uh, um, and of course, they, um, uh, we have a lot of pro- problems with, with uh, P-Rates, you know, uh, mm-hmm. it's, uh, how is it in English, uh, um, P-Rates, is, is the name, uh, when the people take the movies from the from internet, you know. Yes. In yes. Spain, we have a, a big problem with this, uh, and for the DVD market, it's very, very small and very, very difficult. Um, how long the day is a very it's a small that someone um, take the money to to release that, that movie, but it's it's possible that someday uh, uh, someone take the money and and release
1: the movie. We certainly hope so. <laughs>
0: we certainly hope so. All
1: right. Uh, once again, we very much thank. Sergio, for giving us that interview, we really enjoyed it, and has really, really appreciated him talking with us. Hope you enjoyed it too. And now we're going to get on, along with our our own reaction to this film. Uh, the first quote that comes to my mind from Nashi's autobiography, uh, he describes the film as my own howl of anguish. So we can start take that as a jumping off point, and and go from there. Uh, we, that's that's pretty it's, intense.
0: <laughs> it is pretty intense, and and I understand exactly where he's coming from. It seems pretty clear. Uh, that his frustration by 1987 when this was filmed, his frustration at how he was treated, as Sergio was talking about, mm-hmm. his frustration at how he was treated by the Spanish film industry, mm-hmm. critics, and uh, basically just the, the, the movie world that he had to deal with on a day-to-day basis mm-hmm. in general,
1: yeah.
0: had embittered him, had made him really angry, and this was this was clearly him presenting both sides of the coin mm-hmm. he gets to play a man who professes to just despise this actor who played nothing but horror roles right. and, and looks down on him as crap and, and uh, an unsuccessful detestable man even though obviously he was financially ex- successful because right. he inherited mm-hmm. all that he he was able to inherit all this man's wealth after his death he, he gets to play that aspect of it and he also gets to play. The, the, the flip side of it, which is someone who played the Shakespearean roles, played mm-hmm. the right. higher acting roles, mm-hmm. those, those, uh, those often critically lauded things that mm-hmm. you know, may or may not make money, but they're, they're thought of as high art, mm-hmm. uh, and kind of present them as two sides of the same coin, two sure. brothers yeah. who took similar paths. And one succeeded by with through low art, and the other failed through high art,
1: right right, yeah, it's an interesting thing it's it's a you sense of jealousy, you know even though I think Hector certainly represents this side of of the you know the the art world, the movie world, the critics you know who who uh continually look down upon the monster films that paul Nashie did, yeah. and yet, I think even at this point there's there's some sort of sense of paul nashie's part that the love that people have for the people who who do the horror movies and, and have done the 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 played the monsters the people the love that people have for the Boris Karloffs and the 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 Bela you know is that there's are still on a level that you know there's there's something because I think that's what hector is is jealous of and obviously he's jealous of his brother's memory at the same time that he looks down upon him yeah know? I think there's yeah. definitely a jealousy knowing that there's a certain reverence that people have for his his well, brother his work. who played yeah, these monsters. Work, yeah. You know that he, even though he's played Shakespeare, doesn't get from people. You know that, that he hasn't hasn't achieved.
0: That, that's true, and um, and I'm glad you mentioned the the, the, the Karloff thing because the very last thing in the credits of the film before the film proper begins is a uh, a, a thank you, a kind of nod on screen to Lon Chaney Sr. and Boris Karloff. And Jack Pierce, the uh, Universal Monsters makeup man.
1: I'm glad you could read that because I cannot. Well, read you could can pick up. You can, can pick well, up. I can names. see their names, but I didn't yeah. know what else it was saying because I cannot read the friggin'. I mean, the, 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 <laughs> we have to say this. This print we were able to see is, is very is, is is pretty awful. <laughs> it's yeah, pretty well, bad.
0: What we have is a is is ba- it, honestly the only way you can see the film, which is a, a, a not very good bootleg with uh, subtitles. Uh, subtitles, obviously done by fans of the movie, mm-hmm. uh, not not professional subtitles, but good serviceable serviceable subtitles and uh yes the uh the regular credits of the film are a little bit difficult to read which is why we're you know is it sergio mills or Or serge Serge mills Mills. but uh yeah the you can very clearly pick out in that very last uh Mm. credit uh on the film where he's obviously mentioning he mentions um jack pierce boris karloff and lon chaney senior who are obvious you know Mm. obvious um icons for him mm-hmm. and that he is very clearly giving a nod to kind mm-hmm. of tipping his hat to these people with yeah. this film and with the, the various mini mm-hmm. monster creations within it
1: mm-hmm.
0: he's always in, in, in almost all of his monster films he's always looking back toward the things that influenced him the things that he loved and in this one he actually name checks them oh, yes, right before right, the yeah. film proper begins he puts their names on screen Here's the, here's the, here's the question to get to get into a discussion of the film as we've said spoiler free. I would like to say that the film starts off in a way that given the film was made in 1987 just screams slasher movie. Yeah. It really um, does. which is really kind of a strange thing. There is absolutely nothing distinguishing about that opening scene that you could that that would distinguish this film at all from any number of a mm. dozen mm. or two dozen slasher films made in the united states canada or elsewhere so it was really kind of a shock to have that there there's a reason as the movie goes on you realize why it's there
1: oh yeah right but it's
0: just uh, the opening scene is just this girl sitting out in the middle of nowhere at night in her car listening to you know your average movie generic rock music and then out of nowhere shockingly getting her throat cut by a knife
1: yeah well there's it does it is interesting because so much of the film does seem to have been set up to Despite all of the personal touches and how personal a film it was, yeah, there seems to be a lot of 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 kind of trying to capture that appeal to that particular market as far as a slasher film market. When I mean, you think how many people yeah. wander into this film basically just for the purposes of being set it's up a, horror for a movie. kill scene, yeah. yeah. But yeah. it is interesting that it comes at the end of the '80s, whereas you would have thought that would have been more uh, there would have been more of the tendency to try and capture that market in the end of the '70s and early '80s. Uh, by the time of the late '80s, you know, I don't know that the well, the slasher. genre
0: was the the genre was was definitely dying off by Ooh. then, mm-hmm. but it still would have been considered to be the way to go to make this you know, make the impact oh, course, right at the beginning yeah. mm-hmm. to say, okay, this is a horror movie. We've got a typical slasher scene, you know, yeah. woman in the middle of nowhere at night getting her throat slashed.
1: Yeah. So. It is amazing how many people wand- do wander up on this <laughs> villain, and how many oh, people wander. It's like it's, well, it's, they, it's they, some places remote, and there's so many characters. Like you know, the they do, they do give the impression mm-hmm.
0: right after the credits, right after the opening credits, when we see the the first woman hitchhiker, mm-hmm. uh, because a number of cars go by. She's trying to get picked up and to begin right. a ride. Uh, it does appear that that's a that, that's a fairly busy road, but mm-hmm. at the same time, mm-hmm. it's like wow, you know, mm-hmm. what the heck? Uh, by the way, we should mention also that this was uh another film uh shot almost entirely at the uh the old family home the ancestral home out in the uh, countryside outside mm-hmm. of madrid mm-hmm. Where uh, horror okay. rises from the tomb and right. and several other of Nash's films were shot. This is the last one shot there,
1: right? And so, if you've
0: seen horror rises from the tomb, you're going to oh, recognize those, yeah, no, those no, stairs. No
1: mistake in those stairs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, uh, and I believe that Sergio, I believe, Rev, I believe you mentioned it in the interview. I think la he Jolla did, Yeah, La Jolla. Yeah, um, and I believe this was the last film, right? I believe, uh, for me, yeah, no, because the the, uh, the, house, the the house
0: the house and that estate got sold off mm-hmm. uh, after mm-hmm. they made the film there, so the, the family no longer owns it. So. Right. Uh, kind of a, a bittersweet thing. It was. Re- it's really nice to see that, to, yeah. to, to be able to look back, and especially so many recognizable things from Horror Rises from the Tomb, mm-hmm. and to have this be the last one shot there. It, it's kind of bittersweet. It's really good to, to be there, but also kind of sad to know that, you know, not even not even the family still owns the place now, yeah. so that's, yeah. that's, that's sad. The number of characters Nashi gets to play in this, I think I lost count at a certain point. I <laughs> know. Because what you have is you have, um, rather brilliantly, he set up the ability to at least appear in the makeup of quite a few characters and have mm-hmm. a small scene. And what he has is he has two different and completely separate ways to do this. One, he has the the fantasy world, the imaginary world that the boy Adrian has built up where he still kind of imagines himself being able to talk to his father mm-hmm. in the guise of the monsters that mm-hmm. his father played on film. So you get to see... Nashi made up as the frankenstein monster the uh, phantom of the opera the as quasimodo mm-hmm. and uh, even briefly as valdemar naninsky mm-hmm. which is really neat but then the, the the other side of it is you get to have Nashi as hector playing these erotic games with these yeah. women that he that he sedu- right. seduces mm-hmm. where it seems to be the only way he can i mean let's put it bluntly it seems about to be the only way he can really have sex effectively <laughs> is to play these games and to be in some kind of yeah. elaborate costume yeah dressed up as fu manchu or rasputin. or rasputin or whoever
1: yeah
0: which uh like i say is, a, is, is it's it's a neat conceit because it allows him mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. play just Mm -hmm. anything that comes to mind because Mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter and doesn't honestly factor into the plot but what
1: are the you know what are the differences between the characters the characters that hector plays or characters that were noted for their power over other people their their strong will their uh their cruelty yes uh they were villains they were villains now who is it that alex or possibly the ghost of alex or whatever it is that we're not sure you know is basically appearing as these other monsters are creatures of sympathy creatures that yeah
0: you know, Frankenstein monster, who's a misunderstood monster, yeah. Quasimodo, Quasimodo, yet yeah. another misunderstood, mm. misformed, you know, missh- misshapen mm. person.
1: Yeah. Mister uh, Hyde's a little bit of a gray area there, but that's still a sympathetic. I mean, you, you know, you at least yeah. feel sorry for Doctor Jekyll in those stories, and you know, I'll usually, you know, so you know, right. And a, it's and it's
0: interesting <laughs> in the scene where he plays Doctor Jekyll in in Adrian's imagination that he references Jekyll. Yeah, and 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 seems to be saying that Jekyll is kind of a check on on him and what he wants to do or might do, Mm -hmm. which you know once again, yeah, a bit of a gray area. I agree, Mm -hmm. but still, yeah, you're you're right. The characters that Hector plays Mm -hmm. are domineering, evil Mm -hmm. men Mm -hmm. who essentially would give this man a this shot of virility, shall we say? Right. Yes. Yes. You know, a kind of over overwhelming, domineering Mm -hmm. sense of power. So, well, very, very interesting. Once again, yet another example of Nashi really thinking through how he's laying out who does what and yes, why. Yes, very much so. There's a. I, I will not go into the the, the detail on, on the plot that I want to, but I will say that the very disturbing reoccurrence of a specific special effect in this movie. Oh yes. <laughs> uh, we mentioned when we covered Inquisition. The incongruity of the incredibly realistic mm. nipple rip yeah. from yeah. that film, it pops up again. It's almost <laughs> the exact same effect. I mean, it's not the same scene. It's obviously right, right. not the same scene. Mm. But for no good reason that I can discern <laughs> no, having gone no, through No, no, I this really film,
1: couldn't figure that one that uh, at all, <laughs> why that's in the film.
0: It, there's no reason for it to be there. Yeah. But... Apocalypse of just, nothing. Yeah, you
1: know, you know, unless Nashy just once again, you know, this film is every scenes full of references to his other films. Maybe it was sure. just strictly he knew it was a, a money shot from his one of the better, <laughs> one of the most amazing effects from his his, his output of films. Maybe maybe, he just, maybe you know a good a good one's worth repeating. I guess I don't know, but uh, but it's
0: and, and and you're right about the uh, on my on my third trip through the film most recently, I did note uh, that uh, at one point a character pulls down off the wall of uh, that tool shed. Uh, the little handheld um, scythe thing right. that's straight out of Horror Rises yeah. from the Tomb. It, it might even be the same prop. It could very well I don't be. Know.
1: It could very well be the the eye peeking out from a gilded ray. I mean, from yeah. her, you know a character that he had in two of his films. You know, so yeah, this film is just you could probably go through it several times and just make a big checklist <laughs> of everything in the, the in the man's career uh, is it was it was was thrown into this film. Uh, it's pretty pretty now, fascinating. Um,
0: I'd like to comment. On the fact that uh, he has two of my favorite actors oh, from, yes. from your occult films mm-hmm. in uh, in this movie, we've mentioned Carolyn Monroe who plays mm-hmm. Carmen. Mm-hmm. Who Carol Monroe is one of the most beautiful women, yeah, yeah, Don't to have ever anyone, appeared. No one would yeah. That. yeah, she's one of the most beautiful women to have ever appeared in film. Uh, she's gorgeous. She's charming. I can't say enough good about her, and she's wonderful in this movie. the The, the role. Honestly, gives her a really nice, juicy amount of stuff to chew mm-hmm. on. She mm-hmm. gets to play a variety of very interesting scenes. I, mm-hmm. I really love Complex what she does. Yeah. yeah, I love the the complexity of what she's asked asked to do. I love this her scenes with the priest mm-hmm. as they're arguing and fighting. The other actor is the legendary Howard Vernon, who, if you don't know who Howard Vernon is, mm-hmm. yes, you probably do. You've they probably can. seen him in one film or another is because. <laughs> his credit listing if all you got to do is look on IMDb wh- what is it 200 films long
1: it was near very nearly i think 188
0: 180 uh, some odd films long mm-hmm. he's been in well if you've ever seen a Jess Franco film you've probably seen him right. uh, I can't even list all he was in delicatessen yeah in 94
1: uh, yeah we were uh, she
0: it. she killed an ecstasy mm-hmm. for for um Night of the Generals.
1: Um, you mean, he was in that movie. We noticed he was in that movie, The Train. Oh, uh, from that na- 1964,
0: film, the yeah. John Frankenheimer film with Burt Lancaster, The Train, which is just an amazing film. French sex murders, The Blood Rose... Mm-hmm. Uh, x312 flight to hell yet another you know he was in so many just franco films he yeah. just might as well have been on just franco's constant yeah. payroll
1: list right. zombie lake which i think is not a franco film but Balfour' no. gets mistaken for one i believe well
0: it gets mistaken for a franco film he apparently shot a little bit of it but mostly yeah. we have to blame one of my favorite filmmakers actually genre land yeah, for, for blame zombie lake is the right word if you've
1: ever said <laughs> <laughs> like, lake. you lake want somebody car. to blame believe me if you've said that film <laughs>
0: I'll, I'll give you the first 10 minutes of it is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Yes. But then I'm partial to nude, gorgeous well, women yeah, swimming. Yeah, of course. Past that, yes, what a disaster. But, he, I mean, he was in Succubus and dozens of other films. He was in uh, one of Fritz Lang's very last films, The Thousand Eyes of Dr. Mabusa. Ah, uh, Howard Vernon. He was in Woody Allen's Love and Death.
1: Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, worked with Woody Allen twice, apparently. You know,
0: uh, so he was, yeah, he was in yeah. He uh, was, What's New also, Pussycat? Uh, as, so as well. What's New Pussycat? Yes. So, believe me, you've probably seen Howard Vernon somewhere, and he's really, really good in this. As, well, as the as uh, Eric, yeah, as James Eric, James the, James. Uh, the 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 manservant, the uh, right. the dabbling in the uh, necrophilia, yeah, <laughs> yeah, servant <laughs> with the scarred hands. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Um, how, Should we point out
1: at this point that there's not really any likable characters, good at quote-unquote well, no, truly so, good characters? I'm not saying they're all... my
0: question for yeah.
1: you. Yeah. If, if you're going to say there are no likable characters... Likeable doesn't seem the right... I, I that's wouldn't not say quite they're right. No, there's certainly not certainly likable characters.
0: I, I, think, I feel...
1: There's <coughs> no fewer characters. There's no unstained. Everybody's pretty stained in this truth, film. I think truth. that might be the better way to say it. Uh,
0: Carol Monroe, is clo- her character of Carmen is very close to being a a, a, a likable character. As a matter of fact, I would say she's likable. She's got she's got a lot of problems. Mm. Uh not all of them are of her own making right, when, right. when she relates she, the tale sure. of what happened to her in the past. Right. You really do develop a good bit of sympathy for well, her. Well you also
1: appreciate how she is with Adrian. She's the one who who is um, she, she she obviously
0: loves Adrian. She's the she's the she and well also eric or mm-hmm. obviously loved the boy right. but she her love for him very much is the love of uh, a woman who sees him as a kind of surrogate son sure so i would say yeah maybe now maybe her final decision when she when she does become hector's lover right might might cause you to drop mm. some of that sympathy because he Hector is such a despicable character I can see that mm-hmm. but I I I felt all the way through the film sympathy for for, for Adrian the, the oh, poor certainly, boy yeah, I mean yeah, so right.
1: it's um Yeah he's very much a, a sympathetic character through through the film and and uh you're always, you know, those scenes. Uh, those are those scenes with him talking to the monsters are so well done. You know, where he's yeah. visited by his his fantasies of meeting the monsters because that's something we can all identify with growing up as monster kids and you know our identification with the monsters.
0: It's true. It's true. Those are those are all all those scenes are really really wonderful. Mm-hmm. And what I liked about the film is that it kept you it kept you doubting as to just how real those visions were. Right. And I sure. thought that I thought mm-hmm. that was I thought that was really well played.
1: Right. Because there's hints through the film that the house is. Perhaps actually being tangibly haunted by Alex because there's right. occasional thing picture falls off, picture frame falls off, so you don't know. Okay, is this Alex visiting? Is Alex actually manifesting as these monsters and visiting Adrian, or or are these his Or Are these just in his head? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And the uh, the movie keeps keeps that ball in the air. Right. Keeps it keeps it keeps it up there very. Often. Now I will say
1: this: there's.
0: Um, with the, the, the film has a whole lot of different things going on in it. Uh, we, 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 we didn't mention the, uh, the sequence in which the, the house gets invaded mm-hmm. by two, escape, two uh, criminals, uh, a male and a female, who uh, kind of take uh, mm-hmm. Hector and the woman, the woman he has in the house at that point in time mm-hmm. and Eric hostage overnight before uh, that gets resolved. There are a lot of things in the movie that, like I say, the, it, it keeps a, a lot of balls in the air all at yeah. the same time. And pretty effectively, but there is actually one scene. It's it is really the only scene in the film that I feel I don't like. Mm-hmm. I, I think it I think it's incongruous. I think it doesn't fit and it's kind of sloppy. And uh it's basically just seems to be there so that you have a sequence in which Carolyn Monroe can be menaced by a man with a chainsaw.
1: Oh, you're talking about the dream sequence.
0: Right. And this is why I really don't like the scene at all, because it's the only quote unquote dream sequence that isn't adrian's right it's so obviously it just it doesn't fit even while even the first time i saw the movie and that scene was going on i'm like wow this this is this really doesn't fit the Mm -hmm. film at all Mm -hmm. and then the the scene ends and she wakes up she's fallen asleep and has Mm -hmm. had this dream it's like no that should have just been left Mm -hmm. out it's getting into her dream life Mm -hmm. The film should never have gone there. I think it's a misstep, mm. but I will say it's the only misstep, in my opinion.
1: It's a uh, yeah, because uh, you know I like the I appreciate the fact that it doesn't you know telegraph itself as a dream sequence at least not to no, me. The minute it starts, I really thought But, but at the same time, I'm suddenly thinking, why is she grabbing Adrian and suddenly running from? It, it didn't fit with you know everything yeah. before it. Um, it it is it doesn't really add much to the you know I don't think I had as much of a problem with it as you did, but at the same time, I'll certainly admit it. it I can't see that it really. Adds anything much to the film? Uh, it turns out in the dream that you know the people who are menacing her in the, her dream are the priest and his his uh, uh, and the the tramp that kind of hangs around uh, who and the village priest who has obviously yeah. had something with her and, and is still obsessed over her. But I don't think it really adds much. I was going to say that to me that I I have I, I didn't really care much for the whole. Dropping in of the the uh, duo with the guns, the the oh the two criminals, yeah. the two criminals. I mean, uh, you know, maybe it was just since Nash is throwing everything into this film that maybe it was a, a nod to his crime thrillers that he did. I don't know, but to me, it just I found maybe. it to be just a. I, I mean, I thought they just it was more it doesn't like, fit. It was basically dropping totally. two more bodies to be killed in there, and you know, True. more body True. count. True. Um it wasn't bad. It wasn't that the, wasn't that the scenes themselves are badly done or anything, but I just felt like that whole thing just, just really didn't serve much purpose to the story. I can't really think uh, maybe you can think of something I to me I can't really feel toward, like it. I,
0: I felt friendlier toward that sequence than to the chainsaw sequence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I do I I kinda like it because I like Hector's reaction to the entire thing. I like his rather Forceful, angry way of dealing with those mm. two people. Mm. I can see what you're talking about yeah. because if you were to take that sequence out of the film, <laughs> yeah. it would matter the same way I think taking the Chainsaw no, Dream no, sequence out of the film right. wouldn't change a damn thing. It would no. still be the same movie. Yeah. But I do have to admit, I do like the two death scenes of those two criminals. Yeah. As yeah, as sure, silly as that sounds. Well, for, no, no, it's, it's you know. I, I do. I do kind of like those. No, hey, there's an
1: art to death scenes as well, you know. There's bad ones and good ones. And this one most of the ones yeah. in this are, are pretty are pretty good, you know, most of these. Are, oh yeah, are the well, that, well. That,
0: that that's something to say is that uh both the makeups in general.
1: Yeah, the makeups and makeups in good.
0: general are quite good. Mm-hmm. And uh the uh the technical effects of uh of knives slamming into bodies and and blood gushing in general are quite good as well.
1: Well, I have a question. Yeah, I have a question. I want to just throw out you something about the film that uh, you you said you you had a key word in what you were saying a minute ago. Anger, you know, <laughs> anger in capital A is is goes through a lot of this film. I mean, this True. is and we know that we've went up in the history of what he what he's where he was at in his career. What he you know what what his emotions going in the film. He that you like said it would go back. To, he described it as his own howl of anguish. Of course, there's gonna be anger in this film. While it is understandable. And the subject of the anger towards the women that are expressed in the film, quite vehemently, over and over and over again. Yes. Um, were you a little, did you find a little uncomfortable at times about that? It's like I can't I can't I lost count of how many times people say all women are you know someone in the film says all women are bitches you know kill all bitches and it's just I don't know if it was it seemed to me a little excessive and it didn't really seem to. Uh, you know, as much as we talk about Nashie's, you know, we've talked before about in a lot of his films, uh, not in this film, refreshingly. Uh, 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 Carolyn Monroe's character is very complex that he sometimes tends to have his archetypes of women, the the totally good or the totally evil. Yeah. But I've never pegged him. I've never pegged a certain, uh, uh, you know, I haven't really had a feeling of a lot of animosity or, or particular... Misogyny, he doesn't, right? And, but this, and, and film, this film to me, it feels, feels of at times—it
0: kind of feels misogynistic at times. I agree with you, yeah. Because you do have three separate characters in the film: mm-hmm. the priest, Hector,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, the the drunken tramp, going on at length in what you can only really describe as monologues, yeah, about their hatred of women, mm-hmm. usually a specific woman, but in each case they generalize that hatred to the entire gender. Yeah. And, um, it didn't, I, I, this, this may sound strange. I'm Mm -hmm. usually pretty sensitive to that because, Mm -hmm. um, my own personal background, I grew up around, my entire family is filled with very strong women. Right. I grew up around women who were doctors and nurses. And, and if you expected me to be somebody who walks in and has some view of the female sex as, Mm -hmm. as the weaker. Right. Yeah. No, I'm I'm sorry. No, Mm -hmm. uh, so usually I'm pretty sensitive to misogyny. Yeah. The thing is, this didn't tr- this didn't trip yeah. my fuse yeah. that my my kind of concern button, I guess you could say, until going back through the film a, a second or third time and thinking to myself, if if there was only one character in the film that that was professing this and and so vehement and angry about it, yeah. it'd be different. But when you have three who go out of their way
1: yeah. to
0: yeah. heap yeah. so yeah. much. <laughs> verbal abuse on the female mm-hmm. gender.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It does stand out. Yeah. And it does make me wonder was there, did he feel this way did, did he put this in the film specifically to get a, a kind of nastier edge to mm-hmm. these characters?
1: Mm-hmm. Because in each okay. case yeah, now in that.
0: in each case of of the three characters the the priest has good reason to be this way mm-hmm. to be to to be so angry and and, mm-hmm. and pissed off. And to overgeneralize his hatred. Mm -hmm. And, of course, an an interesting question would be how much further would you like to take that particular portrayal of a priest into Nashi's possible view of religion in general, considering that very few priest roles in these films, in his films in general, and in this case, this guy's a complete hypocrite. Right, right. But... To mm-hmm. to leave that question alone because it really does yeah. not get addressed by the film in any right. way. Right. This is a real at best a glancing blow on that subject. Yeah. So what you have is Hector, who is obviously a misogynist. He does not like women. He right. he, right. he oh, yeah. enjoys them as sexual partners, mm-hmm. but I think that because of I mean, you're shown repeatedly that he to, to get it up, to be mm-hmm. blunt, to get yeah, it right. up, the man yeah. has to be playing a role.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I think he I mm-hmm. think Hector does hate women. But is is that he has that unfortunate heterosexual yeah. misogyny dichotomy within him, which is the, the the lust for them and the hatred of them at the same time, because the and the lust fuels the hatred and the hatred fuels the lust, and it's just this yeah. never ending circle of hell for a man like that. But that's Hector; he's the yeah. villain of the piece, and it makes sense. Yeah, the priest kind of makes sense because he broke his vows and had yeah. this affair with this admittedly gorgeous woman. And now is willing and able, is willing to completely yeah. drop the priesthood and go off and marry her yeah. and do whatever, whatever he wants to, but she refuses. to yeah,
1: can't him. move on, and she has. Right, know,
0: so. right. She refuses him. And so both of these men, for different reasons, have this hatred that they're overgeneralizing to the entire gender. What makes it a little over the top is the third character. The Tramp, who we know very little about, we know a little bit about his background and that he's an alcoholic, but his spasmodics, (laughs) his just vomiting forth of this hatred of women in general, kind of makes you wonder... I don't know the answer. I don't yeah, really yeah. know. Yeah, it's just
1: yeah. It was um, uh, it was just something that yeah. But but you noticed it too. It's just something you can't help but like be kind of aware. Of like at yeah. times it's kind of pushing into a, a something that needs to be that you can't help but notice. You know. Oh yeah, it's, there's it's no little, there's
0: no way to avoid. And like I said, and part it. of
1: it may have just been a, a you know a need. I mean, these are obviously damaged characters, and it might have just been a, yeah. a way of just 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 showing their hatred for the you know, the world and their lives and just everything else. You know, the the vehemence there is just. Uh, the women might have just been the convenient target, so
0: and there's something I'd like to point out point out or at least touch on you just you just mentioned, which is that these are all damaged characters, yeah, my God, yes, mm-hmm. that is one of the things I like most about the film mm-hmm. is that none of these characters are clean is the wrong word, but none of these characters are simple mm-hmm. um, the simplest is the youngest because he's a kid, right, but even he. Mm-hmm. has this imaginary life where he's still able to find a way to talk to his dead father. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they're all damaged people. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's really kind of fascinating that, uh, you find this throughout mm-hmm. most of Nash's scripts, but in this movie, wow, mm-hmm. these are some really messed up folks mm-hmm. who yeah. coexist peaceably enough most of the time. But when those rough edges rub up against each other, mm-hmm. it's bad news.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, It's very interesting stuff. So, to kind of close off things, what is your what's your overall impression of the film? Where where do you where do you feel this thing deserves to be laid in his?
1: Well, you know, technically there are some pros and cons to the film. You know, I think the acting is terrific in the film. Agreed. Uh, You know, I, I really I really like the story. I think it's fascinating. It's 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 fascinating, especially if you. Have are familiar with the man's work and his his career? You know, it's I think it's a very important film to understanding, or you know, if you're going to study his work, you know, I think it's a very important film in his in his career. You know, technically, um, you know, we've seen these wonderfully, you know, these gorgeous looking '70s productions. I mean, it suffers from the '80s uh, production. No, now, it, now, admittedly, we're not seeing suffers. a good print. Admittedly, right, we're not right. seeing a good print. It might look better in the. Uh, there's times to me when I, I thought just the you know just the overall cinematography look of the film uh, and again you know i realize i'm not judging a, a pristine print by any means but uh i felt it's a, a, a little bit of a come down after uh the films we watched from the the 70s that just had such uh, gorgeous you know cinematography oh, in them i think it's a little it'll down from that I agree. Uh, you know the music isn't as impressive as you know it uses a lot of synth 80s kind of sound of the music you know it's 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 not as, not as not as not a bad as transgressor as many 80s films are i mean it wasn't a bad soundtrack it just wasn't anything to me real real distinctive about it but uh, on the whole I, I i do very much like the film i would love to see it get really better treatment there you know, some sort of respectful release and, oh, definitely, and i think yeah. it's a fascinating i think it's a film you could probably uh, talk about endlessly or really delve into you know and, and probably bring things away from each time you you see it i would probably put it maybe the maybe upper middle of his films. I okay. guess we're talking in terms of, you know, I would probably not put it in the upper, upper tier, but I would probably put it uh, maybe a little bit better than better than Better the than midway. average. Yeah, yeah. That's probably what I'd rate. This is, uh, I feel... If we're I talking feel... in terms of numbers, probably a six and a half to seven, you know. Probably. Okay.
0: I'm going to agree with you, and I'm going to put it, but I'm going to put it a different mm-hmm. way. Okay. I would consider How the Devil to be an essential, nashy movie,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but not necessarily a great one. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's, that's and the reason answer. for
0: this, well, the reason I call it essential, is because I think it is a good summation of certain elements of his career. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of his best late period scripts because past this, past this film. Mm-hmm. You don't really have a lot to choose from. And I think this was, in a lot of ways, not just a howl of anguish, but a a kind of final howl of what he was able to do in the 70s. -hmm. This kind of closes the door on a lot of things. It's essential for that, and it's also essential for him getting to, one last time, play all these roles. Not since, well, Lord, not since Simon Terror, really, has he been able to play this many roles and just kind of turn himself loose. I would get. I would end up putting it somewhere in the middle as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The the things that detract from it are outnumbered by the things that I think are positives. Yeah, same here. Um, the I I like the movie without particularly thinking it's it's great. There are some wonderful things in it. Mm-hmm. I absolutely think that Nashi gives a wonderful wonderful performance throughout it.
1: Yeah, it does.
0: Whether in makeup or without, right. and yeah. I think his performance as Hector. Especially in at least three separate scenes, one mm-hmm. where he's attempting to seduce Carol Monroe with uh, jewelry and all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. uh, the, the scene between him and his son when he's uh, attacking his mm-hmm. uh, his dead brother Alex and talking down about how he was a, he was just a crappy horror actor and nobody gave a damn about him mm-hmm. It's phenomenally well acted and even even that much better when you realize that what he's doing is is balling up all the things that he's felt that have been directed at oh, him yeah, yeah. and pushing them out himself and saying those things and really enacting them in a way that has got to be just as vicious on screen as the way he felt they were directed at him. Right. It's a it's a neat film. I want desperately to be able to love this movie, but I can't quite. Sure. And it, it, I will say this, though. I do think it's a film that if we ever got the opportunity to have a really good video presentation of it, I think my estimation of it would climb. I'm not sure. But I I think it would.
1: I think it's a good chance. And also, uh, I know it had to tantalize you as it did me, uh, the reading in his description of the film. Uh, There's a part where he mentions that uh, there were some Young people uh, around on the set that uh, that filmed the making of documentary yeah. uh, that it's uh, but it's been uh, held up because the people that have the rights to it the asking price is just like with the film itself the people who have the rights to it as Sergio mentioned as
0: Sergio mentioned yeah but
1: it's like you see those kind of things and it's like oh god now I want to see oh yeah, god
0: I'd love to have the chance to see that
1: but, but uh, I, I want to just mention uh, again that you know if those of you who have not read Ponchi's autobiography as good as it is uh, one of the frustrations of reading it is how little is written about each individual film you, as you heard from what we read that was only about half of what's written about this film he spends about five or six pages honestly in this, it's
0: but, a little that's a little bit less i mean yeah, he, there's a there's yeah. a good bit in there about how yeah.
1: It. yeah and uh and you just and and so that in itself shows where this film stood with him and how important he yeah. and has considered it in that his autobiography he gave so much time so much time to it much more than any other film uh, that he made really that i can that i can think of that i uh, believe i don't think he spent that kind of devoted that many pages to any other film in that book
0: that's true, and we we should mention that he uh, he did direct the film as well.
1: Yeah, I don't think you're right. We you're right. We never
0: that, we yeah. never even mentioned at this point. He, he, he this is another one of his directorial projects, mm-hmm. and uh, his I mean his hand is all over. This is mm-hmm. definitely a Paul Nashie film in every stretch of the imagination that you can come up with.
1: Um, and on the lighter side, just before we uh, let you go here, I had to I have to mention my favorite quote from the film, and this was uh, when he's Which in one? Rasputin. Where he's talking about vodka, and he says, uh, "He says oh. he says vodka is the drink of superstars." He says, "It uh, it feeds the soul and tones the body." Now, I think the <laughs> the vodka industry is really missing out if they don't adopt that as <laughs> as a, uh, as an ad campaign.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that was part of an ad campaign, and he just adopted. It, who it knows? Wow. Maybe it was, but, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I will say this: that I I think that my favorite quote from the film, the one that I wrote down and 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 took note of and really liked, is. Um, wonderful line from howard vernon in the yeah. film where he says there are some places in this house where time has stopped forever
1: yeah that is very nice and yeah.
0: that that is very true as you as you find and it's and the, the time is not literally stopped but time has stopped for these people time has stopped for hector yeah. and time has stopped for adrian yeah
1: and um, also uh um, another good one from uh, when he's i think he says it as quasimodo but he's talking to adrian and they're discussing how adrian has met uh, Voldemort as is the werewolf. Yeah. He felt sorry for them, you know, felt, felt, uh, felt his pain. And, 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 Quasimodo says the future is always tragic for monsters. You know, that's a great, uh, that's, that's, no, that's, I think that's a very key to, a Very key to the psyche of, of Mr. Nashi there, but uh,
0: that's a, That's it. Yeah. You're right. That's a great line. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I think we probably better yeah. wrap this up before we it's start, uh, we start getting into things that are just going to spoil the crap out of the film.
1: <laughs> 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 um, I know we're, I want so much to ask you if you think the ending was just totally out of left field, but we can't. We're, but we're, we're not going to discuss the, do that. So we're not going uh, to do that. Not you, until we hit stop on yeah, this. Thing, those of so. you who get to those of you get to see the film, uh, send us a line at nashicast at gmail.com and let please. us know uh, what you think about all this.
0: Please, please, yeah, we, we'd love to. We'd love to have uh, even if it's just something that we have to do via email. We'd love to have longer discussions about this film, but we just mm-hmm. don't want to spoil it for people who haven't had the opportunity to see it yet. Yeah. Uh, please drop us a line nashicast at gmail.com and uh, as we always do at the end of the show, we'd like to point out what our next film is going to be so you can get ready. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, in November, we will be discussing Werewolf Shadow or Werewolf versus the mm-hmm. Vampire Women, whatever title you want to mm-hmm. find yeah. it under.
1: Major, major film in the nashi uh, Au revoir. It's
0: just uh, it's just such a great film. A film yeah. so
1: good he remade it himself. That's true. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs>
0: so uh, next time out, it's Werewolf Shadow here on Nashi Cast. Uh, please join us then, and uh, let us know what you think.
1: Yes, and Happy Halloween. I'm Rod Barnett. I'm Troy Gwynn, and we'll see you next time.